0: Well, actually, before um, before I share, I do have um, uh, sort of bring an announcement to do with that. That actually, that that uh, subject meeting together. As you can see, I didn't take my task scarf off this morning before I came into the building. Well, we um, we met as an elders uh, eldership on Zoom this week just to talk about the subject of meeting back into the building during these very strange and challenging times, um, and we felt that it was. Um, even going with government guidelines, we are allowed to meet. Um, but what we felt was was just in line with everything that is going on and the, the sort of the changes. what we 've decided is we still want to open the building, but we want to specifically open it for those who, in this time, just for mental health, um, with the isolation that's going on, and for those who can't actually watch online services, we wanted to keep the building open for you, just for you to be able to come in. Um, And we're only gonna be opening it every two weeks, so next week is the first week we're gonna open. Um, and um, we will um, send you more information. We'll, we'll, we'll shoot you guys an email this week just to let you know of um, what we're, how we're opening it and uh, how to book in in, uh, in such ways. But we, uh, yeah, we just believe that for those who need to be here, we want to open the building. We, we're going to follow all the government guidelines like we have been. Um, we've, we've been. We've been doing it correctly since September, and we're just going to watch it like we're doing um, as you're very well aware, things do keep changing, and as they change, we'll, we'll adapt and we'll assess. Um, and then also, that also is just leading to the next thing, is to be able to make those, uh, these things happen by opening the building, whether we were in lockdown or not, whether you're going through, whether this nation was going through COVID or not, this church um, is able to open its doors by the volunteers that faithfully serve. So if you are a volunteer, specifically on the hospitality team, I just want to say thank you for everything that you do. Um, but as a, uh, an amazing quote from Janine Porter, she said on Friday, which I thought was very fitting, she said, The older generation go to war, but now it's time for the younger generation to take up that fight. And we are asking for those of you who are watching We need a small team to be able to facilitate opening our building, and we're specifically asking for those who are young, and looking at the bylaws of our church, under 40 is considered young, so you can clap your hands if you like that. For those of you who don't like that statement, I'm sure it will come up at Family Matters But um, we're looking just for people under 40, um, men and women who are in good health, that want to get involved um, and that are listening to this. If that's you and you would like to serve on a Sunday morning, just go to elders, um, email elders at lifechurchbath.com, send it today because obviously we need to move quick, but we're just looking for people that can facilitate, um, people coming in that need to be in the building during this time. Excellent. All right. Well let me remind you of the the season and the vision that we are doing this year. I'm going to put the verse up. It's in Philippians 3, and for those of you who are in the building or you're um, at home watching, I just want you to read it out with me. This is Paul speaking in Philippians 3, verses 13 to 14. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And we, we are going to be spending the next three, three to four months on the, framing the next four months on the word simplify. And we're, this, we're not gonna be talking about this as some sort of airy-fairy concept. We're gonna be talking about, um, looking at how you apply biblical principles that simplify our daily lives from relationships, ambitions, possessions, finances, all of those things. But to this morning, um, it, I wanna almost be like, this is like kind of a part two from the Vision uh, Sunday that I did last week. And it's really actually all to do with the response of last Sunday. And we're gonna go back uh, and read the story of Mary and Martha. And uh, let me just pray. Father, it's you that we are wanting to hear from this morning. It's you, and it's always been about you. Father, I just ask, Lord, that you would um, speak to all of us as we, as we take our first steps into this year as a congregation, as a church. Lord, I thank you for what you've already said, And Father, I just pray, Lord, just for your peace to be upon us, and Lord, for you to lead us in this time. Amen. Well, guys, the Lord wants relationship with you. End of. He wants a relationship with you. Whether whether you are hearing that for the first time or you've heard it all your life, God wants relationship. It's all it's always been about. There's this amazing verse in Jeremiah 9 where Jeremiah says, In verse 23, he says, this is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom, or the powerful boast in their power, or the rich boast in their riches. This is it, 24. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord. If you go back where it talks about the wise boasting their wisdom, that's, for, that's God addressing people that think how much knowledge you have in your head is what matters. Or the powerful boasting their power. For, for others, you might think that God is looking for position. It's all about how much power you have, the, your status. Or even the last one, the riches. Whether people think it's all about money, being their one thing, God is saying No. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and they understand that I am the Lord. That, that word know is from the Greek word ginosko, and it is the same word that's accompanying when, it, when, it, when the Bible talks about a man and woman becoming married and the union that they have in a sexual relationship of knowing one another, that God wants to know us so deeply, so intimately, You know, uh, St. Augustine quoted this. He said, to fall in love, to fall in love with is the greatest of all romances, to seek the greatest adventure and to find the greatest human achievement, finding the Lord. Now, the gospel is a love story, and whether you're hearing this for the first time or you've heard it many, many times before, we must not forget that this is a love story, that Jesus loves you. He wants you. He wants relationship with you. And this morning, I just want to talk about the one thing for me, where I believe what the Lord is speaking to us as a church. It's really key, this one. It's, it's, it, as I said, it's the story of Mary and Martha, but it's us as a people learning again to sit at the feet of Jesus, to sit at the feet of Jesus, nothing else, one thing to sit at the feet of Jesus. And I wanna, I, I'm gonna be reading the story again. I read it last week, and for many of us, it was probably the thousandth time we've heard it. But I, I really want you to focus and lean in today, church. The Lord wants us to hear this for the first time again, to remind us of how important this story is. You know, my goal, my goal today is not for us just to walk out and say amen because we agree with what Jesus says. It has to be that it has to move from agreement to transformation. We have to apply the word of God in our lives. You know, that, you know, I just, my heart, Lord, would you use this as, you know, what you say in Hebrews 12 for the, sorry, not in Hebrews 12, Hebrews in verse 12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double edged sword, and it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And I want this to to sift our hearts, to really sift our hearts to reveal any attitude that the Lord is saying, I don't want you to be a Martha anymore. I want you to be a Mary. All right, well, let's read it. It's Luke 10, verses 38 to 42, and I'm just gonna read it. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So Mary sits at the feet of Jesus. I want to ask that question. Why why did Mary sit at the feet of Jesus? What do you think it is? Mary Mary chose above everything to sit at the feet of Jesus because for one thing she knew, it was when Jesus is in the room, I have to listen. I have to stop. I have to stop what I'm doing and I have to bow the knee. She, She got down on her knees like Tim, beautifully red, as he said in worship, about getting on your knees before Jesus. Mary did it because she wanted to learn, she was focused, she wanted to worship, and all her attention was on one thing, Jesus. Martha, on the other hand, as you see what she was doing, she was preparing the food. Now, I want to I just state right now, Martha was doing the, a good thing. It's not that what she was doing was wrong. That actually has nothing to do with it. As we know, when Jesus moved, he always had 12 people accompanying him. And then we also know that in Mary's house, Lazarus lived there, also Mary lived there. So without the writer telling us who was there, we know there were at least 16 people in that house. Now, if you're feeding 16 people, that's a lot of pot noodles. That's a lot lot of kettles to boil. But as you can see, it wasn't the amount that was bothering Martha. It was the fact that she was serving the Lord, but she was not happy. You see, when Jesus opened his mouth, Mary sat down and Martha got up. Isn't that interesting? When Jesus opened his mouth, Mary sat down, she knelt, and Martha got up. That's a question I believe the Lord is wanting to ask all of us this morning, for this year, for this moment right now. What are we doing when Jesus starts to speak? What are we doing? You see, Mary made a choice, and her one thing was to sit at the feet of Jesus, and this was because, not because it was in the moment when she saw Jesus, she said, I must sit down. Mary beforehand chose to make Jesus her one thing. This, this is not about making the one thing decision in the moment. It's about making Jesus your one thing right now so that when you go forward, he stays your one thing. You know, we all have choices with our time. We all have choices of what we uh, decide to put our hands to. Hence, we're like second week of January. How is everyone's New Year's resolutions going? How are they going? So good. Brilliant. Brilliant. Very confident. But you see, Mary... We're sitting, and when we, hear, when we, we read that Mary was sitting, we then don't hear anything else that comes from Mary's mouth. There's no interaction, she doesn't talk anymore. There's nothing to say other than Mary sits and then Martha starts to talk. And you hear her say this, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Have you ever said that while serving the Lord? You know, I, I know if I asked a question, and I can't hear you, sadly, because you're at home, but if I said, who wants to serve the Lord, I know that every hand would go up. I know that this is not a question of, do we want to serve the Lord? I believe we all do. We, we, this, is, this is such a, this is a house that loves the Lord, but Martha was serving the Lord with the wrong attitude. And her attitude is what bubbled up to the surface as she saw Mary kneel before the Lord. And it's important to recognize that when you serve the Lord out of duty and no longer joy, you've got a problem. You've got a problem. It had nothing to do with her serving. It was down to her priorities. And Martha is so mad that Mary is not helping her. She turns to Jesus and she demands to Jesus that Martha does something that Jesus actually never does, which is making Mary serve you. Isn't it interesting that Martha is like demanding Jesus, how can you let Mary sit at your feet, Jesus, while I'm here working? You need to tell her to stand up and come and help me. And isn't it interesting that Jesus... Never does that. That is actually not in his nature. Like, we talk about the free will choice thing. But Martha is so upset, she's so mad, that she starts asking Jesus to do something that's not in his nature. If you know of someone, if you've ever heard of that, if you've ever been in a situation where someone's mad at you, when you're like, yeah, this is, this, is, this, is, this is interesting what's going on right here. Maybe, they need to, maybe, maybe we need to sit at the feet of Jesus again. See, sitting at the feet of Jesus means that all the problems and all the angst, all the frustrations slowly get very quiet. And there is only one thing to focus on. is Jesus. You see, when, we, you, when you operate, when you serve out of worry or out of anxiety, out of frustration, out of pain, out of disappointment, What so easily becomes something that was once serving God out of joy, it becomes burnout. It becomes something, it becomes religion. Paul, in our same book that we're choosing to hang this year's vision on, he says in Philippians 4, verse 6, he says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I love that at the end. We can live in Jesus. We can put all of our attention and all of our thoughts and all of everything that we do, we put it on Jesus and we can live in him. You see, when you sit at the feet of Jesus, One of the key things in sitting at the feet of Jesus is is something on our part, is that we listen. We listen to Jesus. We listen listen to him to speak to you. I got a question. Who has allowed Jesus to minister to them this week? Have you taken time out to just sit in the presence of Jesus, looking at him and asking him nothing, but allowing him to speak to you this week. To hear from him, to hear his words. To let his words wash over you. It's easy to do it in worship. I know, I mean, the worship, was, the worship is phenom- phenomenal in this house. And to sat, come here on a Sunday and, and, and worship with you guys and just remind, being reminded of just how good Jesus is. But allowing him to minister to us is very vulnerable. It's hard. Because there's something within us that wants to do things. There's something with us that feels like we need to be busy when we're with Jesus. A way, Maybe a way of maybe making this message become a bit more realer, maybe it coming alive, is asking the question last week. I kicked off this year's vision and we hung the vision of the verse onto three words, which is simplify, amplify, and multiply. And actually, there are actually two ways to read that. There are two ways to hear it and there are also two ways to walk it out. You can hear it, as a Mary, I go, the Lord is inviting me, is inviting us into an adventure and a journey this year where we are going to go deeper into His love, into His grace. Lord, that your Lord is going to show things to us corporately and individually that we've never seen before. Or you can hear those three words, simplify, amplify, multiply, as a Martha, and say, wow that's another three things to add to the to-do list that I already carry. I'm gonna, do you know what? I'm gonna add those three things to already the disappointments of last year and, and actually just see it more as more pressure on yourself feeling like you need to do more this year. The Martha gets even more worried and scared and frustrated when Jesus starts to speak, but a Mary gets more excited. A Mary is, is, is open and ready, ready to receive what the Lord wants to bring. And the Mary trusts the Lord. She puts all of her trust on him. Tim quoted uh, Tozer, and I've got, I've got a quote for you from him as well this morning. It says, I can safely say on the authority of all that is revealed in the word of God, That any man or woman on this earth who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. Sorry guys, that was a bit strong. But if you find even the notion or the thought of sitting at the feet of Jesus, not only just boring, but hey, I did that two months ago and I'm good. I really want you to hear these words again. Sitting at the feet of Jesus is the one thing. It's sitting at the feet of Jesus. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. One thing that I love about this story is that if you... It takes a Mary to reveal the Marthas in the room. It takes a a Mary who is so in love with Jesus to start to frustrate and annoy the Marthas in the room. And Mary did it to Martha and Martha was taught by the Lord. You know, Jesus met Martha in her frustration and he clearly ministered to Martha because he said, Martha, this is not about the food preparation. This is clearly about you because you are worried about many things. But Mary has chosen the right thing and the right thing is me. And Mary, Martha, give me your frustrations. Because you know what, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, Martha. And we think that this story of Mary and Martha is just okay. It stops, but Martha, as as we know, goes on and there's another part to her, and it's in it's in um, it's later on, and it's in it's in uh, Luke 12. But what I love about this is this is the same situation. Mary is just. Worshiping Jesus, fixing her eyes on the Lord, and yet the people around her are so upset with her for her love for Jesus. And this is again a perfect story of that the Marys in the room will reveal the Martha's. But this time, Martha is no longer frustrated. Do you know who's frustrated is next? Is Judas. You see, people who have one thing set. One thing that they are focusing on, and it's Jesus. Get ready, because they're going to offend the Marthas and the Judases in the room. I'm going to read to you chapter 12. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus. The man he had raised from the dead, and a dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. I just want to pause right there, and I want you to recognize Martha has been mentioned again. Do you know what's different? Martha is no longer complaining. Martha is no longer complaining. Her activities have changed from a frustration now to a devotion to Jesus. She's not serving for love anymore. She's serving from love. So I love this. It's almost like we can read past it so quickly, but I want you to recognize that Martha, she got it. She received what Jesus was telling her. She she applied it. And it's not that she stayed on the floor anymore, but she was now serving Jesus from a place of love, not out of duty. That is for every single person here, guys. We can serve him out of love, not duty. And it goes on, verse three. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance. This is Mary, again, doing something so outrageous, so offensive to the people in the room. You know, Mary, she took something so expensive, it would be the equivalent, this, I've read it, this, this, this essence of nard was supposed to be the value of a whole year's salary. She took it, and, and, and do you know why it was so strong? It was so strong because they used to put this perfume on dead bodies because it used to cut the smell of death off people. And Mary, she knew Jesus was going to die because Jesus said it, so she is preparing Jesus for his burial but she's showing us something she Mary is showing us something here that her relationship with Jesus was so deep that she only saved and kept what was most valuable and precious for one man one man and it was Jesus we've we've we read in read before chapter 11 you can see that Lazarus dies Lazarus is dead and he was dead for over three days, but she chooses not to open that perfume for Lazarus. She held it. She knew that that was for the most important man in the world Jesus. She saved the best for Jesus. And, and, and Mark and Matthew reads that she poured it from it on top of his head and it flowed all the way down to his feet. It was an extravagant show of affection, love loyalty, lordship, every kind of devotion was in that moment. And yet it was in the love and the intimacy that there was a man in there that was so offended. And just like the frustration that Martha had, an act of true devotion of someone saying, this is my one thing, what was in Judas then suddenly erupts to the surface. And he says, verse four, But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. And then it says, not that he cared for the poor, he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. You see, counterfeit believers Counterfeit followers. Often they sound spiritual. They sound like wisdom when it's spoken in a room, but they are lost on the inside. And do you know why Judas said that? And well, we know why, because he does betray Jesus. But do you know what? We've just seen right there what Judas's one thing was. Judas's one thing was money. Judas's one thing was money. And this is what we have to recognize. Whether you've been following Jesus for a day or 50 years, we cannot escape the fact that all of us, if we do not put Jesus as our one thing, whatever is in place of Jesus will come up to the surface. We cannot hide it, church. We cannot hide it. You see... Judas, he was with Jesus for all of his ministry. He saw more things Jesus do from healing to the Beatitudes being said, from the conversations that Jesus had with the Pharisees. He followed him. He saw everything that Jesus did. And yet Mary didn't see Jesus for that much, but she chose Jesus to be his one thing, and she got it. She understood she knew what Jesus was saying. Even the disciples did not believe that Jesus was going to be crucified. They didn't get it. They did not even understand. Even when they, Jesus tells them, I'm going to die. No, you're not. But Mary, she sat at his feet and she got it. She chose him. She believed in him. She put her faith in him. So that in this preparation of purifying Jesus' body before the crucifix, she was in line with Jesus as well. She was a true disciple of Jesus. But Judas, you see, if you don't put Jesus as your number one thing, you become blind. You, you, you're, whether it's sin in your life, whether you're compromising, whether it's lying, whatever sin it is, whatever your, whatever your heart is going for that's not Jesus, it will blind you to the truth. Judas could not see because of his love for money. My goodness, this, this, these verses, man, they, I mean, they're piercing my heart. I hope they're piercing yours too. You know, you can attend church. You can listen to a thousand messages. But if Jesus is not touching your heart, please let him touch it. Please let him become your one thing this year. Please let this be a year Where you recognize, whether it's through Martha's story or Judas's story, that, that you know what? There is something in my life that I know is stopping the Lord from becoming my one thing. Today is the day. Today is the day to say, Jesus, to get on your knees and say, Jesus, it's you. It's you, Jesus. He is, He has everything that you need. Jesus said this to Judas, and I just think this is so clever, and man, did Jesus love him. Jesus replies to Judas in his offense. He says, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Which Jesus is saying to Judas, Jesus, I am your one thing. I am your one thing. I want relationship with you Please sit at my feet. I have so much to tell you, Judas. You know, another version going back into Mary who threw that oil over Jesus. Mark 14, Jesus says, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? And this is Jesus, the savior of the world, knowing he's about to go to the the cross. Saying that Mary, out of all the good Jesus did, he's saying, Mary has done something good to me. She, in her one thing, in her pursuit for me, has blessed me. Which tells all of us, we, in our power, in our deciding to make Jesus our one thing, we can bless Jesus. We can give him gifts that no man can give. This blessed Jesus so much that he said it, that it was so important to him that she is now remembered forever, for eternity, for her pursuit of one thing. She's in the Gospels. She's talked about, I mean, imagine how many churches are talking about her right now, today, around the world, for her pursuit of Jesus, making him his one thing, That is a, it is, it's a bold statement. It's, it's humbling to realize, guys, that in our pursuit for Jesus, we can bless him, that we can give him something that no person can give. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha and Judas... In these two stories are representations of people who are following Jesus today that need to stop and recognize that Jesus is not looking for activity right now. He's looking for us. He's looking for you. He's wanting relationship with you. For us to focus on him and for us to go into this year and to start simplifying, to simplify your life, to simplify the message, to simplify what we know the Lord is asking us to, it starts with one thing, and it's making Jesus your one thing. Is he your one thing? Or do you know that there are frustrations in you, that you do not, you need to speak out the Martha in you, you need to get it out, Jesus, I am upset because of this, this, this. I feel frustrated. Where were you, Jesus, when this happened? There may be disappointments. There may be things that have happened to you that you just did not expect it to go this way. Please, do what Martha did and confront Jesus and share your heart to him and then allow him to speak to you. Sit at his feet. Or you you look at Judas Judas represents any of us that recognize deep down we're pretending. Maybe we're we're wearing a mask. Maybe really deep down when it comes to it, there are parts to you, Jesus, that I'm not so sure about. You know, Jesus, I want the blessing, but I'm not so sure about the cost that you talk about. I'm not so sure about when you talk about pick up your own cross. Do you know what I actually think? I actually think if I focus on money, I think I'm going to be happy there. Or I focus on power, position, looking good. Or if I just, you know what, if I just do this course at university, or if I do a theology degree, or if I read books and I listen to famous people and I quote quotations from very clever people, that suddenly I start to understand you more, Lord. You know, I did Jesus is saying today, would you drop the act and will you look at me? And will you let me love you? Will you let me love you? Will you look to me because I am not gonna come back in condemnation. I have no shame to give you. I have no frustration to say to you, Jesus only has love for you because he died for you. He loves you, church. Life Church Bath, he loves you. He loves us. I do not want us to go into this year thinking that we need to get busy. We have to make our pursuit this year about him and him alone. That we need to not seek the hand of Jesus, but we need to seek the face of him. We need to look to him. And my goodness, my goodness, does a world right now need Jesus? There's a lot of Marthas and Judases crying out for action right now, and we need to look to Jesus. We need to hear what Jesus is saying. You need to hear what Jesus is saying to you. So we're going we're gonna to do what I'm talking about right now, which is sitting at the feet of Jesus, and I'm going to create a, a space for us to get on our knees and just spend time with Jesus this morning. We're going to have um, some music played. Um, Andy has written a phenomenal song that he wrote a while ago, and it's just perfect, and it's about sitting at the feet of Jesus. Guys, this part of this message is not really about waiting for me to come and end it. It's about you meeting Jesus. It's about you not listening to the Word, but obeying the Word, and in your heart of hearts, Submitting your heart and bending the knee and saying, "Jesus, it's you. Jesus is you. If you are listening to this for the first time and you're, you're, you just think, Do you know what? there's something about I'm either listening to this for the first time, or you've been a part of our church for a long time, it does not matter when we stand before Jesus, it's just you and Him. Guys, humbling yourself before the Lord is the beginning. It is the beginning, and it is our job as followers of Jesus to constantly say, "Jesus, you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life." I know I'm speaking to people that I'm speaking to people here today that have, who serve in the church, that have either led churches, you're involved in some kind of ministry, regardless if it's in the church or it's in the marketplace, it does not matter. Jesus is saying, will you sit at the feet of me right now? Will you put your to-do list to the side? Will you put your expectations on me to the side? And will you learn from me again? Lord, humble us. Humble us in these days, Lord. Lord, everything we have comes from you, Jesus. Jesus, Mary knew the most important person in the room is you. Father, would you, Holy Spirit, would you do what you are so good at, which is convicting us. Convict the Martha so that Mary can sit at your feet right now. Convict the Martha so that we could become a Mary. Wherever you are, just close your eyes, hold your hands out, get, get on your knees if you want to. Position your heart before him and close your eyes. And focus on Jesus. If, you, if you've never done this, you, even if you're not sure even what to focus on, just say the word Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, I invite you in my room. I invite you in my heart. Whether this is the first time you've ever made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you just need to say, Jesus, I'm here. I believe in who you are. I'm inviting you into my heart. And for those who need to do it again, Jesus, I'm, I'm sitting down again. I believe in you. Guys, if that's you saying that prayer for the first time, I want you just to say something on the chat because we've got people that want to pray with you and, and, and actually prepare you and get you ready for a lifelong pursuit of following Jesus for the rest of your life. But for those of you who are in-house, if there's a, a, an element of Judas that you recognize and you relate to right now, but you know what? There are things that I'm putting my hope in. Maybe it's the, oh man, maybe it's social media. Maybe it's the news. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's, the, the, maybe it's putting your um, hope into what you want your life to be. And actually, what you need to do is put it to the side and say, Jesus, what do you want? God loves you so much. And there's nothing that you can do to prove to him that he should love you. He already does. And he doesn't just love you when you think it's okay or when you think it's what you're worthy enough. He loves you because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. Church, this year cannot be defined by hyping ourselves up to activity. It has to be defined by what Paul wrote. I focus on this one thing. David writes in the Psalms, this, I, 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 I focus on this one thing. I, he says, I seek this one thing to be with you, to be in your house, to dwell with you forever. And Mary knew, she knew the secret. She knew that the one thing was Jesus. So we're gonna play and I'm just gonna pray for you. Father, Holy Spirit, I invite you to go and do what you do into every home that you are speaking to right now, any device. Holy Spirit, would you meet us where we are Lord I pray for a breaking of hearts for, a, for any Martha's and Judas Judas's that need to bend the knee again say Jesus you are our one thing focus your eyes on Jesus and, I, and, and if you have one thing to ask him just ask him Jesus what, what are you saying to me right now What are you saying to me right now? Go for it, guys.